Thank you so much, Gail, for being with me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. You're my 17th guest. I'm so happy for you to be here with me today. When you think of relationship building, Gail, what does it mean to you? Um, you know, um, all of my job, all my career was in a newsroom. And, you know, as you know, in a newsroom, what they look like, you know, we, it's, we're, it was kind of compact. So for me, for example, I, I sat across a, a desk that I could have shook hands with Bob Hyde every day when I sat down at my desk. And then later on, Keith Kate. Um, I think, you know, relationship building is about a lot of things. Primarily, it's about loving your job and having fun with the people you work with. I mean, you can get all the other, you know, extra things that, you know, well, of course, you're not going to get that job unless you're already professionally prepared for it. But I really think the whole idea of being able to, like, in a newsroom, to interact with everybody, for everybody to feel like they're part of the game. I mean, that is, that's what makes companies successful. I think it's what made Channel 8 successful when, uh, when we were all there. Um, it's a different world there right now from what I'm hearing from my friends who are still in the business. But I think um, the relationship building is just always built on trust and, and liking the people that you're around and trusting that they're um, going to do what they need to do to help you. And you're going to need, you're going to do what you need to do to help them. Well, that's wonderful that you can think back to all the wonderful memories working with people like Bob Hyde and Keith Kate and Steve Jervy. And I know that you work with Steve Andrews, who's the father of Aaron Andrews, she's from the Tampa Bay area. You know, you had mentioned to me off uh, line that, you know, your son is married into the Vinny Testaverde family and your husband played in the NFL too. And you're the first female uh, to call an NFL game play by play back in 1987, uh, the Seattle Seahawks playing yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. So I want to talk about all of that because with all the sports angles that surround your family and yourself, talking about relationships and what they mean in a team environment inside and outside the sports world is the theme of the podcast too. So when you think of now your career, if you go back from your time at Florida State University and why you wanted to go into broadcast journalism, walk me through those early days of <laughs> what relationships meant to you. Maybe it was a professor who was a great mentor. Maybe it was a, a fellow college student who became one of your friends or, you know, what did Florida State mean to you? I'm excited to. Let's just, let's, let's just go back and say before even all of that, um, you know, there were friends who used to tell me, you know, you really should talk for a living because you really like to talk. <laughs> I'm a talker. If I meet somebody new, I mean, I'm, I'm, and, and my husband says, I still do it. He goes, you know, you still interview people. And he goes, and to the point that sometimes you're probably making people uncomfortable because you ask them questions about their family and then you go, and then they say something about their family and then you go like a little deeper into it. It's like, he nudges me. It's like, okay, you can leave these people alone now. <laughs> they've, they've got enough information. But you know, I, 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 what I loved about my job in the beginning, what I lo still loved about my job the day I, I, I retired was that, you know, it's, it, it is friend building. It is relationship building. It is hard work building. You know, it's, it's like everybody has the same goal when that light comes on in the, in the studio is to be ready to go. And hopefully that you've got more information than the competition that you have, your reporters have been out there on the street and they're doing a better job than everybody else you're competing against. Um, 
I don't know if that really answers your question, but um, but that's you know that's what I loved so much about my job. It wasn't even the part of being on TV; it was the part of being in the newsroom. Yes, and I think that you know you did such an exceptional job, you know, as an anchor, and you know, in those early days in your career, when you were coming up through the ranks, if you will, after your time at Florida State. Well, I want to talk to you about your time at Florida State. You graduated um, right. back in 1977. And, you know, obviously the university is a lot different now than it is today. But when boy you is think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Boy, is it different. Yeah. I'll tell you the funny story that I love sure. about my old Florida State days. So there was the studio and then there was the, you know, our, our ticker tape, our machine, where you got all our information that we ripped, you know, our, all of our stuff. Unfortunately, they were not in the same building. And I had to be at work at four in the morning because I went on a show called Break of Day, which as the, time, they, as the, the uh, name might suggest, it was at six in the morning and seven in the morning. So basically I was getting up to go into work when my roommates were coming in from a good night out <laughs> and I was going to this TV station, but we didn't have the machine to get all of our info. So I would have to take a flashlight and in the middle of the night on Florida State campus and walk two buildings over with my flashlight to be able to rip copy off, to come back and then write our stories to be ready to go on the news. It was kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but I feel like it was just amazingly a great way to be brought up in the business to find out from when I say to find out from the bottom on up, it was definitely the bottom on up, um, you know, just doing the day to day stuff that needed to be done to get things on the air. What was it about the industry that made you want to major it in college? Um, well, I started as, you know, with sports was the thing that I love the most. Um, but I didn't, couldn't do just sports when I was at Florida State. I did sports, but I did ever news, you know, it's, it's a public broadcasting. It's, you know, it's not the same as, you know, what we see right now. Um, but I just love sports because I always just loved watching sports. Uh, you know, I have visions you now, just a, a brief family history, lost my father when I was quite young you know, went to work a perfectly healthy young man and was uh, killed on the job. My grandmother moved in. So I was basically raised by two women um, who loved sports, particularly my mother. And so she was the one who would be jumping on the couch watching, you know, a football game when I was growing up because she loved it so much. So I think I sort of had that built into me at an early age, but I just really liked the idea of, of um, doing something that was fun as opposed to just constantly telling people what's going wrong with the world. And it, it, so when you're a sportscaster, the worst thing you're telling anyone is that their favorite team lost, as opposed to all the other stuff I did once I moved into the other world of journalism, being an on-air newscaster, news you know, correspondent. So it's, um, it was great. It was fun. I loved doing it. And so when I went to Florida, when I left Florida State and I went to Channel 8, I did go there as a sportscaster. Um, and it was um, even before we had a football team, although we had one shortly, you know, soon thereafter, we, I'd cover all sorts. I'd cover high school stuff. You know, I'd cover school stuff. Um, I would cover baseball, spring training baseball, because, you know, Florida has a lot of that. Tampa has an awful lot of that around. Um, 
you know, anything and everything that we could have to cover, we would cover, but it was nothing like it is today where we have a, a terrific professional NFL team, a terrific professional um, hockey team, a, a, a great professional baseball team and all the other good stuff that goes with it. So very, very different from the way I started, but I love doing sports. And I really had to think twice about it when they asked me if I would be willing to move out of sports and become the news anchor. I, I, it, was, it took me a, a good two or three weeks of really thinking, praying, talking to people to figure out if I thought that would be the right move for me. And as it turns out, it was. And relationships develop in a person's life depending on you know, the, the choices you know, a person makes. So coming out of Florida State, were you looking at other television stations other than WFLA? What made you want to start your career at WFLA? It was coming home for me because it was Tampa and that's where I lived. That's where I grew up. And that's where, you know, the first place I thought of when I started looking at places to, to go to work. And, um, like I said, Milt Spencer is a, a throwback name, but he was the sportscaster at the time back then. And, you know, it gave me an opportunity to run around and do a lot of the things that, you know, he was aging and he knew it. And, um, and then there were, you know, uh, there were um, a couple of other guys that after him, but I didn't keep getting the job. I just, you know, just, they kept, I was still the, the sports girl, but I wasn't the one who was the main person. And it was that way until I moved out of sports and into news. And, you know, relationships that you cultivated early on in your career, you know, talk about, you know, meeting my professor back in college, Dr. Charlie Tuggle, who is your colleague at WFLA. Yeah. You know, how did you meet Charlie and what was that? Like? Well, we worked together. I mean, we worked together out in the field a lot and he would shoot a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And um, we just had a, a, a grand old time. He was fun to work with and good at what he did. And, you know, he helped me along the way too. And, um, you know, cause I was young. We were both shoot. We were both young as we could be. And, um, but he was, he was a great colleague to have. It was a great person to have in my corner to, to do work with every day. And do you remember whom else in, I guess this would be the eighties, whom else, you know, in those early days you felt, you know, were really good mentors or people that are people who you aspired to, to be like? You know, I can't honestly say that I got a lot of mentoring because truthfully, if you go back to the time when I did this, which was a long time ago, there weren't a lot of male sportscasters who would know what to do with female sportscasters because there weren't that many of us. I mean, you know, um, I was definitely low man on the totem pole when I started, so I wasn't getting the cush assignments in the beginning for sure, but it, it's just, you know, it was hard for, I mean, I, I felt like I had good mentors I, because I felt like I had people who wanted me to succeed, but could they, a lot of them tell me, okay, here's the better way to do this or the better way to do that. Not really because so many of them were still doing that old school kind of way of broadcasting. And I was, here I was, you know, coming out of college and all these ways they were starting to do things then. And it was very, it was just very different. Um, Charlie was great. Charlie and I had probably had way too much fun working together. Um, he was just a great guy, uh, just, you know, knew his stuff, did everything he could to help me. And, and I felt like we were a really good fun team. That's great. I mean, that's great that you and him were able to 
learn so much about the business together and to help each other out because, you know, that's relationship building at its best when you can rely on others who could be there for encouragement or have you look at a story in a different way or tell a story in a different way or how to, you know, frame a shot, you know, when you're getting a, you know, B-roll and, and all yeah, of that. Yeah, he was great at that. He did a great job for me when it came to all of that. He was, he would make sure that, you know, I'd look good, <laughs> even if I didn't. What allowed you to get an opportunity or what had to transpire for you to get the opportunity to uh, call an NFL game? You were the first female to call an NFL game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks back in 1987, December 27th. Yeah, Michael Weisman was the head of NBC Sports back then. And I had gone up probably years before that, just I was going on a trip to New York with some friends and I was, you know, working at the NBC station at that point. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just see if I can get, you know, not an interview, just go up and say hi, see what it looks like. And I, I actually got an opportunity to go meet Michael Weissman on a trip up to New York that I, I had gone up to. Um, I was going on a trip for fun, but I went, you know, and, and, and just sat in his office. He, he, he allowed me to do that. And, you know, we, we had a, what I felt like a great conversation. Of course, I was, you know, young and, you know, probably in my late twenties max at that point, not even probably. And, um, you know, just keep my name in the hat if anything ever comes up was kind of my thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. And long story short, you know, Michael Weissman being Michael Weissman, loving to do all the crazy stuff, you know, he decided it was time for a woman to do play-by-play -play for an NFL football game. And, and there were two or three women in the hunt for it um, what, that probably didn't even know it because I didn't know it until he called and said, you know, is this something you would like to do? Well, at that point, I wasn't a sportscaster anymore. I was a newscaster. And this was something I was going to have to pass through my company um, and say, you know, I know you've been paying all this money. You've been putting all these ads on to about me now being your newswoman not your sportscaster anymore and and they had they had you know all those promos going and and now all of a sudden you know I wanted to go do something in a sports venue and and I'm not even sure I wanted to because it scared me to death to think you know I've, I've had such a fun career am I going to blow it now you know, because I'm not going to be good enough to do this. Well, did uh, you think, did you think that because you were at WFLA NBC affiliate affiliated station in Tampa, and then this is your opportunity to be calling a game at, at a national level, was that you, what gave you, you know, pause or hesitation is that, that, that was yeah. the platform you wanted? No, I, I mean, it wasn't, it, I hadn't even thought about it to be honest with you. And I had thought about it at a previous time in my life. Oh, wouldn't that be great? But that time had come and gone. So it was interesting. I, so I had to get permission from channel eight to do it because again, they had spent all this money trying to get people to forget that I was a sportscaster. Um, and I was their news anchor and at, you know, at five and 11 or six and 11. Cause you know, back then we didn't have 14 shows a day like they do now. And, um, and, and they gave me permission to do it. And that's the only way I got to do it. So, so I did, I started training, um, you know, Michael Weissman gave me, um, you know, different people to work with and, and, um, and, and that was that. So when you had called your first game, 
after what was that like i mean talked like knowing that you were the first female in american sports broadcasting to history it was to, nerve-wracking to it was nerve-wracking on top of that you know i was pregnant when i did that game nobody knew that but i had become i was like two and a half months pregnant when i did the game so um you know i'd done with all marty glickman was my coach i'd done all my i felt positive i felt good because i felt like he had trained me in the best possible way i could be trained by the best possible person who could ever do that he was my mentor and i, I loved the man dearly he's no longer with us but just wow what a, a great guy and um and so you know it, it um it was kind of everybody in the booth was nervous um my spotter spotted me the wrong person on the opening play mm-hmm. so that was tough you know because I, I guess he was even more nervous than i was um what's kind of fun and interesting about this whole story is it was the, the particular booth we were in um the way it's set up there at, at in kansas city is it's a full it's all glass behind you so the media were like five deep, you know, probably 10 across and five deep behind that piece of glass. And so it was that I had, you know, I was pregnant. So I was, had to use the ladies room at halftime. And they told me, Michael Weisman says to my husband, Mike says, take her to the bathroom, get her back here. You know, you got to get back here, blah, 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 before we get over through these commercials. And so Mike, husband starts walking out the door with me out of the door of the booth with his arm up like this right trying to block people to get me to the bathroom and he put his arm like under the neck of this sweet little old gentleman and <laughs> he goes he goes no i'm lamar hunt i just want to tell gail what a good job she's doing this wow. is because my husband has his, his arm in his throat um, so that's kind of one of our fun stories that we always kind of laugh about. But, and he, he says, I just wanted to tell her she was doing a great job. I'm like, well, thank you, Mr. Hunt. So anyway, it was fun. It was crazy. I, I you know, I, I'm glad I did it. And I'm, I'm, I was really glad when the game was over and we all sat around and high-fived and <sighs> took a breath. Did um, Michael Wiseman, did he want you to come back and do another one or yes. did he-, he did, he, he came back. Yeah, that I think was your original question. He came back, he did want me, he did ask me to do more. Um, I had to make a decision. I could either work at Channel 8 or I could, at, at which point I'm a sports, not a sportscaster anymore, I'm the news anchor, pregnant with my first child. Um, and I, made the decision not to do it and I think it was the best I mean I think it was a perfect decision for me because I, I, family was first for me um, and that's a tough way of living you know you live all week trying to get ready for that broadcast and you travel and you're up late and you're on planes all the time and that's not the way I wanted to start my life with my family my new family and um, you made a very wise you know, you were very judicious in the decision-making you made, and that really strengthens a person's relationship building skills, because I'm sure you got the respect of Michael Wiseman, although he was probably disappointed because he wanted you to, you know, call more games. You knew what your priorities were, you know, raising a family, you were already pregnant with your first child, and Tampa was your home, and you made a conscious decision that I want to raise my family in Tampa, because I think you would have had to move to New York 
correct? I don't or know. I don't know if I would have had to move there, but I definitely would have had to been on the road all the time. And that just wasn't the life I was looking right. forward to, you know, I'm just so proud of people like Beth Moens and the other women though, who have, have, you know, passed the baton and are doing such, she's a rock star. I mean, Beth Moens is just a rock star. She's a hundred times better than I would have ever been, no matter how long I tried to do it. She's just so good at what she does. She has a great voice. I, I just, I, I think she's amazing. Awesome. No, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Was she, or when was the last time you, you spoke with her? Um, we, we used to speak on a fairly regular basis. The way I met her is she was actually broadcasting the, my daughter's volleyball game at Penn State. And I saw her over there and I thought, oh, I'm going to go introduce myself. So I did. I went over and then she and I kind of got to be buddies and we stayed in touch with each other. And then she was coming to Tampa. I don't think it was to do a football game at that point. We're going a few, several years back. And, um, but she was coming down here for something, some event she was doing. And so we had lunch together and just caught up and stuff. And she's still just doing a, a great job, I think. Gail, what does it mean to see your husband's company, Mike Pies, go from locally in Tampa to now national? What has it been like to have a family run business and where your children are involved as well? Is it something you'd ever contemplate? It's so awesome, but I'm not surprised because my husband loves to cook and he loves to eat sweets. So I'm not at all surprised about, you know, him starting a company that way. It's amazing to think how it has progressed over these last, you know, decades. And that it's so, so awesome that our children can be so involved in it. But yeah, he's, um, he's in a 50,000 square foot kitchen now. And that's a far cry from when we used to do them in our, our kitchen here at the house. And I'm sure there's been a lot of relationship building, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say. And it's just so cool to have our family so involved, all of our kids, you know, it's just, it's just so cool. Very cool girl, women that my daughter played volleyball against in volleyball in college. One of them works for us out in Colorado. I mean, it's just really awesome. You talk about one of your children uh, being married into the family of Vinny Testaverde, who uh, was the Tampa Buccaneers quarterback, played in the NFL for so long. Um, what has that been like, you know, and your husband played in the NFL too. So having a very football uh, minded family, but what has that been like? Uh, has he tried any of those pies? Uh, Vinny testified. Oh yeah, but all, not many because he's he's a guy. Vinny is a guy who takes still takes really good care of himself. He looks like he could go out and play like right now. He absolutely could go out and play right now. He's he he takes very good care of himself. My husband eats a lot of pies, <laughs> but when you own the company called Mike's Pies, Mike's going to eat some pies. <laughs> what makes you most proud of? the way your children have grown up and become the model citizens that they've become and, and must bring you and your husband a lot of joy. It does. And, and what really gives me the most joy is how close they are, how that close they are in space where they live and which allows them to really have fun together. Like it's, it's, they're having fun together. Now we've got grandbabies and the grandbabies are going to grow up together. And it's just what a blessing. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you um, how amazing that is for me. And it's amazing and, that, and it's amazing that you get to enjoy golf with your husband and babysit your grandchildren. And, you know, mm -hmm. is there anything else you'd like to accomplish in your retirement that you would felt that when you were working for WFLA that you didn't have a chance to do? 
I'm not sure. I don't really, I don't think I think that way anymore. I think, I don't think about what's the next thing in my life. I think, what am I going to have for dinner? And doggone it, if I only had had a, a, you know, a better shot on the 18th hole, I would have had such a good score. You know, I'm, I'm living that life now and I'm so blessed to be able to say I'm doing that. Well, I'm so glad that we can catch up and you've been a great guest and I look forward to including you in my book on relationship building in a team environment. And I'm sure I'll have some follow-up questions when I write the chapter, but thank you so much, Gail. I look forward to staying in touch with you and thank you. I look forward to staying, I look forward to staying in touch with you too. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to see and talk to you again. It really meant a lot. Thank you. Likewise. And thank you for being a part of the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. And I enjoyed listening to all of your narratives of how you've come about through journalism and with family and now, you know, getting to spend time with your grandchildren. It's been a truly blessing for you. That is a blessing. You are absolutely right about that. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you. Take care and we'll talk soon. We will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.